This is episode number 243. We have no Dan. Dan is MIA. He's injured. Uh, He's down for the count. Hey. And he just flat out has too much sand. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone backed up the truck. Beep, beep, beep. And there is a whole <laughs> bunch of sand in that man. No. He's, uh, uh, he's feeling a little under the weather. So we're going to go ahead and give him the week off. Justin. He is in Urcha, as we speak, uh, enjoying the shenanigans over there. I have Jesse with me. Jesse, say hi. What's going on? And then, guys, we also have a guest, someone that uh, you might recognize from the game shows that we have done in the past, uh, contestant on there, uh, Sage. Say hi. Hey, what's up, guys? So Happy Sage is just going to uh, he's just gonna hang out. He's going to ch- yeah. chill. We were, we were shy on staff. And uh, I gave him a shout and was like, hey, want to just come chill? And that's what we do. So he's going to join us and and uh, nice. we'll have a good old time. Ain't no party like an RCHM party. That's right. <laughs> should tell everyone at Urcha that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they know. Well, no, they're actually oh, they're all going to bed right sleep. now. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, three hours ago. Yeah, I would say about yesterday, I think they figured that out. They were like, yeah. yeah. No, so let's see. Um, Jesse. Yeah. I know what I've been up to. Did you did you listen to last week's show? I did I have not had the opportunity to listen to last week's show. I'm guessing there was some throwing under the bus and backing up a little and um, teamwork and okay. how we made it happen yes. and <laughs> Yeah, I, I did talk about all of that. Okay. I did let everyone know that you crashed, but there was no uh-huh. there was no bus throwing. Okay. Um, so that that was the gist of it. Was like did you even like the the protos went in? That's all you, t- you told. No, them? no, no, no. Because we talked about how it's like it was like my nitro crash, where it just didn't matter because you were having fun. Okay, yeah, all right. So, but go ahead and proceed Indi- there uh, on forward. No, no, that's that's completely true. So this this would have been last Wednesday. Um, you know, Nick and I had nowhere to Troy's place to fly, and so me getting off work a little bit earlier. I usually head, you know, get there maybe a half hour, 45 minutes before Nick does. So obviously I head right down into the field and start flying. And where I made the mistake this time was, you know, it's a nice day out. You're looking up at the sky. You're thinking, you know, gorgeous, just blue backdrop with the mountains. Per- basically perfect flying weather for around here. No, none of that gray kind of cloud crap. Just perfect blue sky. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to... I think I'm going to throw the headphones in. This is feeling like, let's kind of crank it up. Let's have a good time out at the field and let's push it a little bit. So first flight, keep, you know, I kind of, and what, anytime I'm flying with headphones, I don't want to 
you know, right out of the gate, throw both of them in. In fact, most of the time, I'll just leave one headphone in because that way you can definitely hear the feedback of the helicopter. You can hear if something's going wrong in flight. Um, and I usually end up flying way too hard with both headphones in because you really can't hear the engine <laughs> bog or any, anything like that. So you're just, you find yourself just hammering on the sticks and whatnot. And so first flight goes by. I'm like, wow, this, you know, just having a great time, kind of just flying high and throwing the helicopter into weird orientations and just flying through stuff, you know, just that confidence is there. So unplug the packs, go throw the second battery in right away, back to back, and go out and fly in about two minutes into the flight, just kind of overall the same mentality, throw the headphones back in, listening to some pretty, you know, upbeat, fast, kind of metal, rock music, and all of a sudden, man, this thing just, I honestly cannot even recall exactly what I was doing, but... The gist of it is went up kind of like a stall turn to the right and shoot the helicopter way up, pirouette around, come back down. And then when I go to kind of roll the elevator forward, you know how you kind of you'll do like a high speed pass and kind of pop the, the elevator and do kind of like a wall, but over the top. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went and did something like that, but threw in like a little bit of aileron and some rudder. <laughs> and it just, Basically all of it. I threw yeah, everything it was, in. And it was kind of one of those. All of a sudden, I'm looking at the bottom of the disc, so the skids are towards me. The tail booms off at like a 35 degree, 45 degree off the center, and it's not quite knife edge where the skids are straight at me, but it's just slightly rolled over. And I'm just like, it's one of those like everything freezes, and I literally remember thinking, well, I got a 50-50 shot on the elevator. (laughs) (laughs) And then about a half a second later, proceeded to drive it in straight on the head. <laughs> so, yeah, no throttle hold. I mean, after it hit the ground, I hit throttle hold, if that counts for anything. But no throttle <laughs> hold before the crash, no nothing. Um, went in pretty hard, completely destroyed the blades. I mean, both blades just, you know, the, the seams on the carbon fiber blades just cracked right from the root all the way out to the tip. Both blades both sides leading and trailing edge of the blades. I mean, just shredded the blades. One of them was just hanging, hanging by the safety wire. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And then (laughs) other than that, I think just a couple links in the head and the tail boom, but I was really, really surprised. I was thinking, Oh great. Here we go again. Thinking back to kind of the seven HV days, driving stuff in under power. This is a, you know, plastic frame on the bottom. Just going, ah, this is going to be, be spendy but man nothing nothing else really broke i was extremely extremely pleased um with how the helicopter handled a crash because if remember back i've crashed this helicopter before but not like this i mean this was like the first true test i would say for the proto so hey in my book it passed flying colors um could not have been more happy so just getting a, you know another set of blades i already had the tail boom i already had the links in the head and I do have a backup set of blades, the 696 rails to fly for right now, but uh, another set of the uh, 716s on the way. So I did really like the blades. What sucked about that, though, is if you remember back to Othello, I just put those blades on at Othello. <laughs> they were brand new. Short lifespan. <laughs> yeah, you know, 20 or so flights. And Hey, your uh, your blades last about as long as Justin's batteries. Ooh. <laughs> Blades are cheaper. <laughs> M- much. Not to mention with, well, we'll get to that. 
Not with, to mention uh, what went along with the pack that he recently lost. <laughs> yeah, go figure. He, he pushes that. And I mean, the thing with blades is to actually ruin them, you have to crash. With batteries, you don't even have to crash. They just go bad. Yep. So, no, overall, I'd, I'd put that a huge check in the wind column for this helicopter. It, it handled it extremely well. Like I said, right on the head, fully under power. There was pitch. There was elevator. Um, so, no, overall, really pleased with that. So, doing a little bit of wrenching this weekend, getting that thing completely thrown back together um, and should be ready to go by Sunday, I would think. So, in addition to that, Coming back from Othello, or from Snohomish, geez, um, I was having a little bit, so the, you know, I was having some spool up issues and just a couple things going on with the Nitro, and it was one of those where you're at a fun fly, you don't want to mess with it, you got a helicopter that's flying great, so you just keep flying that one, but now that I had the opportunity to get back home, set the N7 down on the bench, and kind of go through it, the first thing I noticed was I started going through the V-bar log, um, just thinking, okay, maybe there was something weird. What had happened at the at Snohomish was it way oversped. Like the governor was is set to hold head speed at nineteen sixty. So I'm I usually on the nitro. I'm sitting thirteen, thirteen and a half degrees of pitch, nineteen sixty on the head. Um, and for some reason, it spooled way up to like twenty sixty, twenty one hundred. And it wasn't just like an overshoot, and it was on its way back down. It just kind of hung up at that higher RPM. And then the head was shaking really bad. And this was, uh, I don't know, did not expect this because the only thing I had really done was swapped out the blades on this uh, helicopter and then gone through and completely torn it down and kind of cleaned it up and whatnot. So really no reason it should have been doing this. So back home, tore tore it down, checked the balance on the blades. That was all fine. But I noticed something weird when I had it idling on the bench. When it was sitting there idling with the with the motor running, my tail servo would slowly walk over to one side, like you know, basically like I was giving it this really slow right rudder input. Um, so then I'd center it back up and check it again, and sure enough, every single time when the motor was running, it would walk over, and then turn the mo- the motor off, stays dead center. So I'm not sure if this. I mean. I can't say I've ever paid enough attention to like, you know, and obviously when you're carrying the helicopter out to the flight line and stuff, you're moving the tail around and the the gyros correct in and all that stuff. So I've never really paid enough attention to see if this is something recent. I've been flying it like that. If I would assume it's not normal. I don't know if Nick, do you have any input on that? I mean, I have definitely not noticed that on mine. Okay. Um, I mean, do you have pre-comp for throttle for your tail? I just I, read something about somebody ha- has had constant tail servo movement caused by their pre-comp. I do have bench. I do have very little um, pre-comp in there on the nitro, both for collective and cyclic. Um, it's just a thought. That's something I read. Is that a V bar that you're using? Yeah, it's a V bar. Yeah, because you control. Yep, and it's an older uh, um, full size blue line. Um, yeah, so, I, that's uh, my only thought. Huh? That's weird. Now I've. I really don't think that mine do it, and I mean, I run just as much pre-comp as you, and I, I would have thought that you would have noticed it all the other years prior. Yeah. And I mean, that, you've so had then, that yeah. V-bar forever. Yeah, kind of tracking this a little further, so then I pulled the sensor off the helicopter and just double-stick taped it to the bench, because I wanted to see if it was in the sensor or if it was in the 
um, you know, where you plug all the wires into the main unit. And so just took it off and double stick censored the, or double stuck the sensor to the bench. And then when the, when the motor was running, did not do it at all. So definitely in the sensor from the vibes going into the sensor. So we'll see this, this is kind of in the back of my mind, always been the helicopter. It's like, man, the tail has just never been a hundred percent on that heli. So it just kind of makes me wonder. Um, I don't, and that thing's so old. And then like you said, the knowing you, you probably brought a use. No, it yeah, exactly. The V bar was I'm just gonna say it was bought used. I actually can't remember, but I'm just gonna assume <laughs> in college, bought used. Yeah. Flown on the seven hundred N. I mean that was actually when I picked up that V bar was to put on that helicopter and then transferred over to the N seven when I built that. So definitely has some mileage out of it. If it end of life, perfectly fine. Has tons of flights on it, and all of the flights I've put on it have been on a nitro model. So not a big deal there. It was more like, ah, should that be a red flag? Should it not be a red flag? Um, should I maybe try to secure the sensor in the case? Since at this point, I don't really have much to lose if it is something that you know maybe came loose or whatnot in the case. So, um, yeah. yeah, who knows? I'll, I'll probably poke around a little bit, um, but I, I'm guessing it's been doing it for a while, and it uh, I haven't noticed any negative tendencies in flight. So. Yeah, other than that, um hoping to get out probably Sunday um this week and get the helicopters thrown back together and get in some flying. So yeah, that was kind of my last uh last couple of weeks. I wasn't able to make it last week on the show due to a uh, camping and fishing trip. So it's a good time. No no flying. Did did get a chance to catch some uh sockeye salmon, so that was fun. Spend some time out on a lake. Sweet man no opportunities to fly up there so we'll be getting out this week with flying season in full swing in midsummer right around the corner one of the most important things to me is getting parts quickly there's absolutely nothing worse than being out at the field all weekend banging out the flights only to end the weekend with the crash and to know that you might not be able to get the parts in time to have your heli ready for next weekend I always look for parts at LowerHeli.com as they have excellent customer service and, of course, fast shipping. I know that as soon as I place an order, Ken is on it. So for all your parts needs, be sure to check out LowerHeli.com. Hey, what about you? What have you been up to? Oh, let's see. Um, I put in the order for the last uh, stuff I need for the XO. So I ordered some 7S3300s from Revo Electric, some of the GoPacks. Oh, the, so, the sorry. We're, we're a little behind. See us non, non-compass people over here. Not, yeah. not, by, not by, like, any distaste or anything. <laughs> but so how far along is it in the order stage? You know, I don't know. They're holding uh, firm, telling us we're going to be seeing them the middle of August. But um, I love Compass, I, you know. But I've been through, <laughs> I've been through some Compass releases. I I I hope I hope they hit the middle of August because it's the perfect time. I mean, I mean, I think we all would have loved it in March or whatever. But it's a thing of beauty, so I'm willing to wait. I've got everything I need for it. Um, I was bummed because. I was thinking for some reason I had a Hobbywing 100 low voltage already to go. I'd pulled out of the Goblin 500 
and I bought these 7S Go Packs, and I realized that that Hobbywing 100 low voltage is only 6S Max. That's correct. Yeah, so I ordered 100 HV, and I'm going to try Keto BEC. It's pretty highly recommended. Wow, Uh, I've never even heard of that. uh, It's... Out of Germany, MT Tech, the same company that distributes Compass, makes it. Um, supposed to be a good BEC. I'm going to give it a try. The Hobbywing BEC is only up to 6S input, too. That's so true. It killed me because, I, I, you know, I love the Hobbywing stuff. And the 100HV doesn't come with the BEC. I know. It's, they were just, like, screwing me every way from Sunday. No, it's, like it's true. To figure I was... out which way, what I wanted to order. But I got the 100HV and the external BEC. We'll give it a go. Um, BK servos, uh, Brain 2 HD for it. So it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Other than that, I got the warp torn down because it needs new bearings. I'm chasing down a uh, some sort of tail vibe. I stretched it to run Rototech 386 millimeter blades. And for some reason now at idle, to it, it growls like, like an angry swarm of hornets and I can't figure out, I can't. So I'm just replacing every stinking rotating piece in there and seeing what happens. Yeah. Precision diagnostics. <laughs> well, you know, I went through about two hours worth of precision diagnostics with my three digi vibe analyzer and stuff. And then I just started throwing new parts on and I still couldn't get the vibes to come down. So I ended up ordering a bunch of bearings. I've had the helicopter for like, Three years now, and the motor bearings have never been replaced. Uh, I don't know. It it just needs some bearings, I think. Other than that, I've been flying a little bit as much as I can. I'm trying to prepare. I you know I don't know if hemp is gonna throw the the 3D trials again or not this year, but he I, is not. He is not. Okay. No, he's taking the year off. He got to playing with full scale. And that tied up all his all his time. Hey, good for him though. That's so. Yeah, I I don't. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what the future of it is. I really. I hope that it continues because I think it was. I mean, it was a huge success, and it's a great idea. See it again. It was a lot of fun. But I gotta say, I I, it is a a large sigh of relief that I don't have to go out and throw uh, spend some packs uh, practicing specific maneuvers anymore yeah i hear you i mean it's fun and all but sometimes i just want to go beat on it and i don't know yeah i just have some probably some maintenance stuff to do and i'm going to try and get out and do some flying this weekend and i got no plans so flying is what it is what is uh what's your current fleet what's your helicopter setup right now i've got a warp and a 7hvu okay just the original V2 Kronos, which... No, no Kronos. I've got... Okay, so I went a little crazy when I grabbed my 7HV and I picked up two airframes at the same time okay. uh, used. And I have been debating on what to do with the second airframe. But I've, in my mind, I think I've settled on going to Kronos and stretching it to 750, if not a 780, because the Goblin 770 belt is a direct plug-in, and it'll get you to 780 with a Mikado 800 Extreme Boom. Oh, really? Yeah. And the Kronos adds about, I think, about 350 grams to the 7HV. 
Yeah, so, definitely add some weight. So I want to. I would like it on seven fifties. Is what I want it on. And so we'll see. I when I get all that stuff together, and then I'll go to a Hobby Wing one thirty on the seven HV and put the one sixty on the Chronos. There you go. Nice. Yeah, that's the that's the plan. We'll see how it works out. It's dude. It's I love that seven fifty size. Like I've got. I'm so happy. That SAB, when they did the Thunderbolt blades, now they have 750 Thunderbolts. I haven't got a set of them yet, but I am stoked because yeah, I just, I cannot wait to get those on my 770 because that's the, like, that's the size that I just absolutely love. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's, I kind of want to get into it because I don't know. I got a taste with the 700 size now and now I just want more because it flies so well. Like, I, I don't know. It, I can't just, it's like a broken record or whatever, because you've heard a million people say it. Everybody's heard a million people say it, but they just fly like heads and shoulders above and beyond anything. Yeah. You know, smaller. And it, you just don't. I didn't get it. I didn't start flying it till this year, and I've been flying for uh, almost five. This is my fifth season. So this is my first season with the 700, and it's just, it's it's simulator-like. I don't know. It's 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 so much better. <laughs> I wish I would have bought one my first day. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, it it just they fly completely different. Are you going to go um 12S or 14S on that? Uh if I do the 750, it'll go to 14S. Yeah, do it. Oh. That was the other uh part of my week. I uh I ordered those 7S packs and promptly realized that I don't have a 7S capable charger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, in addition to a new ESC to be compatible, I ordered a the brand new Revelatix GT8. Oh, so we will see. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get another one of the GT chargers, I think, and and build a charging case. I ordered a DPS 1200 too that came in today, so I got to float one and make them a 24 volt. And... You're all up in it. Oh there man, I'm this. It, it's Holy Christmas in August again. So that's okay. That's how it should be. Yeah, you could get away with you could get away on 12s, but like you know, because I fly my 770 on 12s, and it it works. I don't have any performance issues, but it man, it is hard on them packs. Yeah, well, and remember, I like I like shooting. I shoot for a lower disc loading too. Like my 7HV is running 12s. 4400s mm-hmm. but they're hvs and they're the 40c hvs so they weigh like 600 grams a pack oh nice and so i uh it, i think that 7hv is under it's right around 10 and a half pounds close to 11 pounds maybe so it's light and i'm flying it around 1850 and it's just right right in my wheelhouse perfect man nice. yeah. well sweet I'm yeah, that sounds like a darn good setup to me. You've been doing more than I think about all of us combined, except for Justin. Well, it's it's hard to compete with Justin. He's yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. You I don't think, have to explain that one. We I we mean, we get it. His his UPS guy, his FedEx guy. I mean, I don't know. He he better be making them cookies or something because it they're definitely traffic to his house has got to be hardcore. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Batteries uh, gotta be weekly.
You guys all know me, and you definitely know what I look for when it comes to helicopters, and that is reliability. For several months now, in hundreds of flights, I've been flying the MSH Protos Max. I'm to the point where I have complete confidence when this heli's in the air. I know that the quality manufacturing and the amazing part support from MSH USA will keep this model at the top of my list. For those of you looking for a top-notch 700 or even an 800 class helicopter that screams quality and has an unbeatable price tag, look no further than MSHUSA.com. Let's see, for me, um, I, it was a 380 kind of a week. So, yeah, I don't know why. Um, well, actually, no, I do know why. Because with the, I have a couple, like, people know, it, it's not a it's not a huge hidden secret. Some of the version 4 Hobbywing ESCs have an RPM output issue that hopefully they're working on um, getting resolved. But, so, it was kind of, it's, I really needed to take the time and tune the governor on because I've got all of them switched over to version four now, which is definitely like the stock settings on the V4 ESCs. Uh, uh, the governor is a lot different performance wise than the way that the V3 governor was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was kind of Jesse and I, I was tweaking with some settings. It's homish getting everything better and just noticing that, A, I also have some horrendously shittacular packs. Mm-hmm. I mean, these couple things, <laughs> couple, yeah, three, three, four sets that are mm-hmm. about done. So I kind of figured out which ones were still doing good, did some gov tuning, and it, it really kind of was like, wow, okay. Now I realize that I need to do this with all of them. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my goal. I had swapped out the 50 amp and put the 60 amp ESC in there. So I went out to do a little bit of gov tuning and it just kind of got that like, oh yeah, this is kind of fun to fly. You know, it, and we're going to talk about it in the news a little bit, the 420, but man, I, uh, I would kill to get about 20 more millimeters on the 380. Uh-huh. Like, mm. I just, I would love it because, uh, I mean, I don't want to go down in pack size. I really don't because the flights aren't horrendously long right now. But it's just, it sinks just a little bit too much. Now, the gov tuning definitely helped. I mean, definitely helped. I have tried different blades. That was another big help too. Uh, As far as just getting that collective performance out of it, but, um, yeah, so after some gov to, I probably got, I don't know, five flights in on it or so. And it was fun just dinking around. Uh, I did. Yeah. It, I was shocked after Snohomish to not have any damage after that. <laughs> Apparently I completely forgot how to auto on that one inverted one and just kind of like drove it right into oh, the grass. Was- <laughs> <laughs> like there was no. There was no flare. There was no pop. There was no anything. It was no. Just, you just rode it inverted all the way to the ground. Yeah, with because no I head speed. I went to give it, and there was nothing to give, and it was really confusing <laughs> on why. I just I was waiting for that like, you know, where you build it, and it just it was like, and it, it never, 
They've never built. <laughs> that little guy overspeeds like nobody's business, so it's fun because it's so little. But it's the just the disc loading on it. You can really wind it up. Yeah, well, you need to wind it up to do inverted you, you, autos. You do, but yeah, it's fun. It does not does not work. So yeah, it was pretty um pretty quiet. I've still got. Uh, I received a package today from Mr. Carrie Shirley. Thank you, Carrie, over at Gas Powered Helicopters. Uh, he sent some parts for Dan's gasser, so I suppose. That I'm now out of excuses on why it's not put back together. Well, there's still one excuse. What? It's not your helicopter. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know. But apparently that's not a legitimate oh, that's excuse. that's not a valid one. Oh, yeah, according work. to who? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I know. So we'll, we'll get to wrenching on that. I think I've got, um, I don't know, this weekend's looking kind of busy. I've been getting out and enjoying the weather a little bit more. And it was, you know, I kind of just took a little bit of a break after Snohomish. I think that's healthy. It, it felt good to do. Got out, did some hiking, a little photography. And, and it was just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah. And so I'm I'm almost hit that that spot where I'm rolling back into it. You know what I mean? Usually for me, it only lasts about a week to two weeks. That's my span where it's like, okay, I can put everything off, set helis aside, kind of take a little break and then, and then come back into it. And it, man, it really revives me and, and yeah. just gives me a bunch of heli energy, but I'm, I'm, I'm not quite there. It's like, I'm, I'm like two or three days away from it. So <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking this weekend, I'm actually not going to force myself to, uh, just you know, Jesse and I, we've got some plans on Saturday. Yep. And uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to go flying on Sunday. I just, I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet. I might. Maybe I'll go out and bang out some flights on the 570. That always makes me feel better. Um, but yeah, we shall, uh, we shall see. Sweet. Well, let's see. Uh, we have. Uh, well, let's just get into the news, and, th- and then we'll go from there. I'll do a little run. You've been thinking about it for quite some time. New charging case. You know you want to upgrade your charging options. For those of you that have been in the hobby for a while, you know who to turn to. For those of you that are just getting started, the answer is simple. Progressive RC. Not only will Dave and Robin at Progressive RC make sure you have an up-to-date charging solution... They will also help you stay within your budget, and on top of everything else, you will receive the best customer service in the industry. Progressive RC, why settle for less? Head on over to ProgressiveRC.com. They've got everything. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com. Okay, guys, so for the news, we're going to do this a little bit different. Um, as we know, Urcha's going on. There is a bunch of stuff coming out of Urcha. A lot of, you know, I have I have noticed a very lack of technical details on anything. Have you guys noticed that? 
It's like yeah, I'm it's seeing pictures. Lots of pictures. But no one's like given the lowdown in the facts. And I know that Justin will probably do that when he comes back. So there's going to be no links in the show notes like we usually do for the news. This is just flat out just spewing what we've seen. <laughs> Making we'll probably make some stuff up. I mean, that's what we do. Obviously, it's fun, and we'll do tons of speculation. But so I've got a list here, and then uh, so I want you guys just chime in if you have if you have anything to add to it, and we'll see if we can't throw together uh, kind of a little bit what's going on over there. Okay, so uh, close to home for me, SAB showed up with two new helicopters. The <laughs> The names. Oh, I love the helis, but oh, the names make me laugh. The SAB Comet, uh, which is a 700-class full fuselage uh, speed machine. Did you guys see the cutaway of the canopy? I'm looking at it right now. It's very yep. impressive. It's, it is. It's a pretty cool design. There was a video that... Um, uh, Mr. Hugo and Tal, uh, one of the younger pilots, did. He reached up and he flipped the the whole battery r- uh, tray in the front. It's a stack design, so one pack on top of each other. It's got a quick-release battery tray, which is actually uncommon for speed helis. Yeah, very. And then <laughs> what really caught me that I just thought was like, wait, what? Was the, the motor is in the Back of the main shaft, uh-huh. way down low. And there's like this, uh, there is literally like a ram air duct, a carbon, it looks to be carbon fiber duct. Yep. Molded. Molded carbon fiber duct coming from somewhere up in the top by the head. Oh, I see. Driving that. air down on top of the motor. I have never hmm. seen anything like that. Well, and they built in wire harnessing to the to that duct too, so you can run all your server wires over the top of it. And there's a platform for the fiberless behind it. Yeah, so weird. I mean, ESC's up front, so that's good. You know, short battery uh, battery wire lengths and everything. But this is just a crazy layout. Yeah, yeah. The, the main only thing with this kind of small. But the only thing with the ESC up front is running those motor wires now around to the back. Mm-hmm. You shortened your battery wires, but lengthened your motor wires. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. I wonder. You got to get back to the motor. You know, like, I wonder if they'll and I'm reach. just thinking of ju- you know, I'm just from seeing Justin's hellies and whatnot. It's every everything is just all the wires are super short. Everything yeah, is yeah. right there. Where this one, you're going to have a pretty good run. Hmm. I hear you. Uh, who knows? I mean, you know, they came out last year. Uh, they had the, they had a speed competition model. It just didn't, um, it didn't end up working out. It was, I know I talked to Enrico about it a little bit and they had problems with cost wise, you know, it just, they couldn't get it cost effective to produce. And so, I mean, there's a couple of them floating around that, um, a couple of the team guys still still fly and compete with, but we shall see where this one goes. I know I'm sure Justin will give us the, the lowdown on this now. They also, did, Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, they did a little. There was another little video too, um, where one of the owners I don't I don't know who it was uh, was going through it and kind of pointing out some of the features. And one of the cool things is the landing gear, and it's That's retractable. Right. And it, it's like the R fives except for it doesn't just turn; it actually retracts, and it's got a really big base to set on. Uh huh. But they said that they talked to uh, F one designers. And they they there's a special scoop in the nose that diverts air away f- from the bottom of the helicopter, I guess, to get some rid of some of the vortices that are caused by the flat bottom they needed for this re- retractable landing gear. It's 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 really crazy engineering. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of the landing gear, I actually saw a video just maybe I don't know an hour ago of a guy with a TDR two. <laughs> His landing gear didn't wouldn't come out. Oh yeah, I heard Justin I talking that. in that video. Yeah, so <laughs> they they put a cardboard box like an open top out there and filled it full of packing peanuts, <laughs> and he just like set it down in there. And as it spooled down, then it hit the box and it was just like poof. Well, they they even cut like the V's in the box, you know, to try yeah. to house. Like if you could hit it perfect, it's just gonna yeah. wedge right. He did in a there, really but... good job. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think you could ask for I'm better sure, in that I bet, situation. I would be willing to bet those batteries didn't make it. No, it didn't look like it had much head speed. Because, I mean, <laughs> by the time you figure out what's going on, panic, call your friends, all of you point at it, find your product. Find the box. Yeah, find a knife to cut the box, find the packing peanuts. I bet you it was probably sitting down at LVC. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, no good. Okay. Back down the list. SCB also looks like they've got a 420. This one. I don't get it. A lot of hot speculation on this one. People yeah, are people Yeah, are going is it crazy. a stretch 380? That's uh, the speculation due to the marketing stuff they put out. But the kicker is all the blades for that size that are out there on the market now don't have the same root size as the 380. So what's is it are we going to have new grips with it? I don't I mean You know what? I I can tell you right now I don't think SAB cares. I don't think so either. But. I can tell you that they definitely do not. They are not the type yeah. to care about. They will put out blades with it. Now yeah. uh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I mean they'll have it, it will come with a set of thunderbolts. Yep. The saving grace here is that the all of the reports on the Thunderbolts that I've flown and that uh, my friends have flown, fellow teammates, are good. Consistently, like, way, 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 way better than the old blades. So that's good. But that doesn't, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I think it would be pretty sick if it's a stretch 380. Like, it'd be great, but I agree. They may, they might have to put, like, maybe Goblin f- 500 head on it or something. Yeah. I don't know. But it, the 500, it's such a jump in size. I mean, the 380 parts feel like, I don't know, like little kid parts next to the 500. It's it's crazy. But when, when SAB first announced that they were doing a smaller-sized heli, I was for sure that the 420 was actually going to be the first one. I didn't think they'd do the 380 before they did something in between it. But, hey, 
But see, I don't even. Good. There's not very many people other than a line. Who else is making helis in that class size? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Adam's dead now, well, so. I I mean, it's only a line. Yeah, I think so. And all yeah. the blade companies made blades because of the T-Rex 500. Yeah. I mean, freaking. The Protos. Yeah. The, the original Protos. Oh, the I, original. Yeah. yeah well, but people that, still fly that thing. Yeah, but it'll be a goner once the new one hits the shelves. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But it just this that I mean that just goes to show how far you got to reach to find something in that size class. Yeah. I guess I'm just a little bit confused with the reasoning as well. Just because you figure, okay, so take someone I don't know, even like myself that doesn't have the th- that 380, yeah, 420 class. Well. I'm, there's no way I'm pr- I'm going to go out and buy a 380 now, especially if we're talking. I mean, I guess I'd have to see parts prices and a couple other things, but this seems now like a, the logical kind of smallest size helicopter that you would go to. Um, no, I think that's fair. And then the people that have a 380, are they expecting that this is like their next upgrade? Because I, I foresee people skipping right past this up to like a 570. Well, yeah. so that's kind of what happened like that. <laughs> That's truthfully, that's kind of what happened with the Black Thunder and like the, I mean, the Nitro, the Nitro was because of the Nitro. Yeah. But that 650 size, you notice that that lasts for what, two months? And now they're offering them in 700 size in kit form now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because that's the size people want. 650 is a weird size. Yeah, and and four I mean 420 is it it to me it feels like a size of the past. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the old that's the old size. The new size is 380 500-550-70 or whatever. Even 600s. Yeah. No one flies 600s anymore. Mm-hmm. I kind of expected a 440 out of them to tell you the truth. I the 420 surprise it doesn't surprise me cuz I'm 99% sure it's a 380 stretch. So it makes sense. You know, it's easy for them to do. Yeah. But if, I, I honestly expected something closer to like a 440 out of them that would be an in-betweener. I, I just don't know if it's enough of an in-betweener. I think it'll be, I think it'll kind of edge out the 380. With some buyers. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, so there was a couple of the new Align 700. Now, forgive me because I have heard the name, and I just don't remember it. It's the 700 Pro. I don't remember. I saw the name, but I forgot. This is that one we were talking about a while back um, with the with the two-piece frame design down below. Uh, rumor has it going around that this baby sits about a pound lighter than the previous uh, 700. I'm seeing a post from Jamie. It looks like the brand new 700X from Align. Yeah. Yeah. 700X double wow. Awesome. Yeah, it looks pretty sweet. <laughs> I actually really like the design on it. Mm-hmm. Um. It, to, yeah. Hello, it's, people. It's a, make some light ones, please. <laughs> a big step forward for them, too. I mean, it, it's a departure from what we've seen the last what, four or five years. Yeah, they haven't the, made a multi-width frame ever. 
Well, the last multi-width frame that I know they made was the 450 Sport. Ugh. I got one of those in my shop. It's never flying. <laughs> Somebody gave it to me. Fly barred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing that's cool about this new 700 is it's a lot lighter. It's, uh, the, the, the pla- it's got that plastic thing that holds the two frame pieces together. Um, it looks like that'll be a channel for wiring and stuff too. Yeah. But, uh, the motor is no longer, uh, encapsulated in CF either. So I think that you'll be able to cram some wider motors on this yeah. thing and stuff. No, I dig it. I think, I think it's cool. I hope they, they- do. Yeah. And, and Jamie's been flying. He's got a three blade version as well, which I'll be curious. I'm kind of curious if that catches on now more, uh, especially since, well, I'll, I'll go right to that. I'll, I'll lead into it. MSH has their three-bladed head there uh, at Urch as well. So it just makes a guy wonder. Jesse, if, if you could get a three-bladed head for the Protoss, would you? Eh, probably not. No? No, I don't think so. Just after, I mean, because I've flown your helicopter a couple of times yeah. when you had the, you know, when you were having the three blade and just how taxing it is on everything. The flight times, the. That yeah, it is. I mean, probably not. No. And the weight. That's another thing that people don't realize is how much additional weight it adds. I mean, we're talking 700 size, adding a whole nother half a spindle, another blade grip. You know, three blade on the tail, which is how most everyone deals with the increase in torque. Yeah. It ends up being about a, another half a pound heavier. Mm-hmm. And then you're 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 not forced to go 14s, obviously, but it's in your best interest to try and regain some efficiency back. Yeah. Well, I I saw when. Because uh, Compass, whatever earlier this year, they came out with a three bladed head for the Kronos, and they were recommending run six fifties with the three bladed head. Set it up yep. like you would your normal seven hundred, but runs run it on six fifties. Yeah, and it's oh, man. I don't know. I I get it. I mean, it, it definitely mm-hmm. makes sense that uh, Justin uh, will will let him go all the way into. Uh, his secret squirrel project because I know now it's out in the open over there and he's having fun. But it, squirrels out of the bag, yeah, squirrels out of the bag, and it's got three blades on the top. <laughs> so we have spent a lot of time back and forth and back and forth and back and forth uh, because we're basically flying the same model in different configurations and comparing notes and <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a tricky one. It's a tough one. There's there are some added benefits, but I don't know if those benefits are what seventy percent of the people out there want. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, definitely. There are some people that just love it because of the the cyclic authority is it's just it's insane, absolutely insane. Mm. Um, but comes at a cost. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so Nat's results. This is awesome. I love to see this. Um, F3C, first place, Nick Maxwell. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Still got Nick. it. I know. Still cool. got it. That's it's the like, first yeah. thing I was like, hot damn. Still got it. 
Uh, second place, Daniel Hyatt, and third place, Dwight Schilling. So congratulations, guys. Now, are you ready for this? Now, this was the first, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this was the first F3N competition as well. I don't think they've done this in the U.S. anymore. Or in like a long, long, long time, yeah, if maybe been. even ever. Because I know that Jamie was really excited. I think it was last year at Urcha he was talking about how he was really excited they were going to do it. So here's the results for the F3N competition. First place, Nick Maxwell. <laughs> I know, dude. Cleaned house. Second place, though, Jamie Robertson. Third place, Devin Hammond. So congratulations, Jamie and Devin, as well. I I know that, um, like, that, Jamie just loves that kind of stuff. That's his deal. Set maneuvers, F3N, you know, very, like, uh, what is very it? Structured. Very, structured. Very yeah. structured competition. Far less room for shenanigans and and crowd influence and, and yeah Speaking judging which influence. we got a revamped competition this year for oh at, at Urcha. yeah yeah it's, speaking of controversy and competition and such and wiggle room and and, <sighs> and such yeah it was funny when it started it's it's called the battle of the brands uh-huh and it's well, I don't know. We we kind of made a pact, Sage. You don't know about this. We are not going to. We're going to wait for all of our larger opinions until after Urcha. Sure. Because we just want you know let I'll it turn it out. Yes. Yeah, see how it all goes. Oh yeah. And then yeah. Uh, see if we were going to be completely wrong or not. But it looks like in the end, albeit absolute last freaking minute. I, I don't know if people had their arms twisted or what, but it looks like all of the bigger names did end up finally entering. <laughs> so we shall see. That's on Saturday. So by the time you guys hear this, we'll know. So let's see. What else? Um, Velos was there. They've got three-bladed stuff yep. as well. Three bladed head and tail. Oh, my goodness, can you imagine three? <laughs> I know that's what three eight hundred and eighty uh, millimeter blades. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but then again, I can't imagine a dual power system either. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, I'm sure it'll be cool for the four or five people that have them. <laughs> you know, if one just showed up at my house, I'd build it. But I, I'm, I just could never be talked into something like that. Yeah. It's amazing. No. Speaking of that, did you guys see the picture that HD put up of oh, Raquel? Goodness. Sitting next to what looks like, I mean, it, it looks like a big HD 750 design, but like it's a like 1500. Twice as big, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It stands like two feet tall. Yeah, it looks huge. Uh, it's It's got to be Photoshop or something. Huh. I've heard tell so. of this picture. I went to look for it. I couldn't find it the other day. It's it, like, it, I'm not kidding, man. If you were to stand there from skid to the top of the main top of the head, it's easily up to your knee. 
Like it is massive and it's just in airframe form. So I don't know. Hopefully we'll find out. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. That helicopter comes pre built. It's crazy. It does? Yep. The seven fifty does. Like the whole thing? Whole thing. Pre built, pre loctited, ready to install your electronics. Oh shit, that's what Justin needs to fly. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I, you know, honestly, for what they want for it, I would probably want it to be built for me, too. Yeah, that's true. I just feel like you'd never really get to know it. No, that well, I would. I mean, as soon as you put it in the ground, you're going to get to know it real well. <laughs> yeah, but not the fun way. I mean. Yeah, no, I, yeah, true. I, do they really think, like, do they think they're that good? You know, I think that they're. Or they don't I, trust the people to yeah to build the helis. I don't know. They oh no the official response I read on that was that it's a very complicated helicopter and they just want to make sure it's done right when the customer gets it. Yeah, well, guess what? If Heinzelit says I have confidence that you can build this, yeah, then they're just being a little bit dumb. Nick, after yeah. looking at some more pictures, I, I don't think it's Photoshop, dude. Dude, it's freaking huge. But there, there's more pictures of, like, Alan wrenching on it and yeah. some other, like, kind of teaser pictures and whatnot. I don't... Put it together with a freaking three eighths impact gun. Yeah. There's my half inch. Or something? Yeah. All over Facebook, uh, uh, Raquel's page and Alan Moulton. Mul- yeah. Moulton. From Superstition hmm. Hobbies. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, what else we got? The Gowie X5V2 is there. I know nothing yeah. about it. Uh, man, uh, I they took an interesting track on it. The uh, They made the, the, the frames. They kept in the same stiffness, but they made it so the battery goes in the frames. I don't know how to describe it really it's it's quite strange oh wait yes 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 i got it it almost like you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of the md design Mm. where the frames go way out down and come back and the battery sits inside on the on a tray on the top just you know what i'm talking about you remember i'm trying to think back i'm trying to find a picture of it Football, uh, go to Gowie's Facebook page, just the main Gowie. Okay. Yeah, it looks very uh, MD. Hmm. MD on the frame design. I don't know why. Why would they do that? Uh, yeah, it's they didn't they didn't even touch the front torque tube drive, which is the biggest, the almost the only complaint I've ever heard anybody have about the X five. Yeah, except it's a really big one. Yeah, I know, and that's like the they didn't touch it at all. So it, I I don't know. I was I don't know what where that came from. X five's weird. The new one. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Though it almost kind of reminds me too of the uh, little. It's it's a little bit different, but remember the Fusion Fifty? They kind of sat yep. on that little tray yep, yep, in between yep. the frames. That's right. Uh, huh. Interesting. I see, uh, I don't know if this was an actual one. Um, I think it was Gorgon's 
personal one. Yeah, that's what I I believe it is. That that what what was it? Do you remember what it was? I'm trying to find it real quick because I just thought about it. Um, I think it was. Ah, uh, shoot. Well, Gorgon had something really cool at Urcha. <laughs> I just can't uh, remember what it was now. It was the logo 690SX. But it was and in like he's a, calling it with a heli, heli Center Berlin speed canopy and boom cover. Mm. Oh, okay. Dude, it looks sweet. Yeah, it it is. Uh, it it kind of looks, I don't know, I, not exactly goblin-ish, but the canopy definitely wraps around, matches up with the boom cover. and Yeah, nice clean white color scheme. does look nice. Nice. Let's see what else. I, I'm I'm out on my list. Um, no, nothing else I can think of from Urcha. But somebody posted some more details on that Takumi helicopter. It looks like some uh some more parts, real life parts from it. Like uh, real life ones. Yeah, CF tail case with all the tail, the whole tail assembly. It's huge. I it it almost looks like a head assembly from a seven hundred. It's giant tail assembly or the guy has a tiny hand i don't know (laughs) (laughs) you never know but no i mean it it looks huge and beefy but yeah so there that's interesting that's an interesting project oh i believe that bd's new unit is there yeah the axion is ax axon axon yeah axon so we've got ultra precision flight control (laughs) Uh, up to three banks, internal governor, Ooh, iOS and Android app. 2010. Yeah. <laughs> Via Bluetooth, <laughs> intelligent vibration monitor, all up to date transmitter protocols. This sounds like every other flight wireless system two years ago. Yeah. So uh, for all you stubborn people still waiting. <laughs> just, <laughs> there, just there you go. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Justin. Poor Justin, yeah. We're going to have to give him uh, a heap for that. Oh, yeah. What else? What else? What else? What else? I, I don't know. It's still only, I mean, it's still only Thursday, too. Yeah, that's true. We're not, it's not like full swing yet. I would imagine tomorrow and Saturday we may be seeing some more stuff and as it ramps up, but... That is true. Well, hey, let's let's wrap up the news. Move on to some uh, our very long window news. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com for superior quality web and mobile development and design with a 100% money-back guarantee that's always on schedule and budget. Get the most from your website from www.superiority.com or www.dudemanlarry.com. Not kidding. Check him out. Okay. So, guys, Jesse. Yo. You brought this up. Because of some very recent events. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk a little bit about crashing? Yeah, kind of what I was thinking... I mean, not very often, or not that I can recall. Have we done a show, I don't know, just kind of digging into, I know, obviously, as I I talked about during my section, I crashed last week, 
And if you remember back oh, a few weeks before that, I think, uh, Nick, you may have drove one in as ah, well. Ah, yes, I did. Yeah, the Nitro. And so just kind of digging into, first off, I mean, what was different? Just the crash itself. Why did you crash? What was different about that day? What was different about that flight? Was it, you know, did you drive it in yourself? Dumb thumb? Something go wrong with the heli mechanically? Um, just kind of thinking through that type of stuff of generally for myself, um, it'd been quite a long time since I'd crashed. I'm trying to remember back, but I don't know if I can remember the last dumb thumb crash. I know I've had some issues here and there with speed controller shutdowns and different things like that, but where I just literally drove one in kind of the catch you by surprise sort of crash. Mm -hmm. Um, and then. For me this time, so I I clearly scrambled up the variables. I mean, I was listening to music. Do I ever listen to music when I fly? Absolutely not. Do I ever listen to fast rock metal when I fly? <laughs> Absolutely not. So I don't, I don't know what I was thinking there. Just, you know, completely mixing it up. Um, And definitely, I would say in this case for me, for my crash, it was flying. So above where I was at at that point, I you know it was only the second flight of the day, and with the number of flights I'd been getting in per week, I just started off a little bit too quick and threw the music in, and that's what put me over the top for mine, anyways. Similar for you, Nick, or was uh, it? Uh, yeah, for for once, I wasn't tuning, and I was just flying, having fun. <laughs> that's what it had been a long time for me. I I, I really don't. I mean, I don't remember when the last time I had a dumb thumb crash was. Can you? No, I'm trying to think back. I mean, yeah, one of those where you just, I mean, you full, you're fully intending to fly through whatever you're doing. Oh, yeah, and I definitely I mean, did. Yeah, yeah. No, and it, it was good. You know, the, the difference is, um, like, the thing that really sticks out for me when it comes to, like, why you crash mm -hmm. is the mental aspect of it after the crash. Yeah. I mean, that's a really, really big deal because I think it can kind of set, set in motion your, your next, your next week to even three weeks worth of flying on how and why. Cause I, I mean, I saw how bummed that you were getting before when you were having ESC issues, you know, it was just like, Oh, are you kidding me? You know, well, it, it, yeah, it discourages you from flying that model Yeah, because it's, it's kind of like a ticking time bomb. Yes. Yeah. You know, that was with that issue. So, yeah, but man, when I crash, when I'm having fun, it doesn't, it, I mean, it, that model might sit for a little bit, but as far as my attitude towards flying doesn't even flinch. It doesn't bother me one bit anymore. Yeah, and that's kind of how it was for me last week. And I th you, you kind of mentioned that, but it was still all smiles and grins afterwards. It was like a, I don't want to say a sigh of relief, just because it, it was kind of a sign of having fun, kicking back, letting loose. Um, but yeah, just it wasn't an impact. And luckily, got right back out there and, and kept flying through it. So yeah, it can definitely have an impact on the following week. But one thing for me is I find just pick up the next heli and go out there and keep doing what you're doing. Cause that's all part of the hobby or your friends. 
Or your friends, Heli. Yeah. If they're so kind to <laughs> offer up. <laughs> That's right. Just take your friends, Heli. Well, unless you're holding, you know, one of the major cards, like a charger, <laughs> then they don't have much of a choice. They yeah, have that's, to let you that's fly. That's right. Yeah, that was, man, what a day. So, uh, Sage, when was your last dumb thumb? Uh, you know, uh, I'll give it last year. I, I've had a couple crashes to warp this year. Once I was attacked by a bug, there's nothing I could do. I had to defend myself. <laughs> I was defenseless. <laughs> Went in sideways at the bottom of a sideways loop. It was it was rough. Uh, but as far as dumb thumbs, I don't know. Last year, I never. I was I was uh, hesitant to set up my auto bailout on my hobby wings because I didn't have any kind of safety mechanisms mechanism in place. And you know, the last thing I want to do is accidentally bump my transmitter or something and have it spool up, you know, quick on me. And so this year or last year I ended up hitting throttle hold multiple times with different helicopters uh, and not being able to recover from it and, and crashing. Uh, I did one right at the, at the end of my speed run with the 500 at RCHN last year. I had to run out, run out <laughs> and say that. hi to Kim and pick it up <laughs> all the way out at the end. Um, but I had a, a couple of, you know, accidental switch flips that, switch slips that have put me in the ground that um last dumb thumb was a while ago though but if i dumb thumb it it's sim i get on the sim i have to i make myself do like 10 hours before i'll even put a helicopter in the air again just it helps me mentally because i can usually just pick up where i left off from then really wow yeah, hmm. yeah I so just, you I, it's almost like your punishment yeah exactly it's <laughs> like, like you you crashed bad. back yes. to the sim for you if it's mechanical I don't do that to myself. If it's an electrical failure, I don't do that to myself. But if I dumb thumb it, that's what I do. I make myself do a certain amount of sim time before I get back out there just because I, it helps the confidence level a lot. It I don't know. For me, it does. Isn't that so funny? Because I do the complete opposite. It's like, oh, you drove one in. Don't be a sis. Grab another one. Go back out there. See, that's, that. where I, that's where I leave the field with three broken helis. So... You know what I mean? I, I I tend to if I have issues with one, if I drive one in hard, uh, if unless I got a bunch of batteries charged, I'll I'll probably pack it in just so I don't end up making part orders for multiple helicopters. <laughs> well, at least you know that about yourself. That's uh, yeah, you know it's you learn. I didn't know that about myself when I first started. I'll tell you that. That's I very drive. very interesting way of doing it. But I mean, I get it. It's probably the least, I mean, not probably, I would say it's for sure the least riskiest. I would agree, except for the mental state it potentially puts you in for trying to get back out to the field in that first flight. Yeah, dumb thumbs, I don't tend to have confidence problems. The only time I have confidence issues is if I had some sort of failure that I can't figure out why it failed. And then it's just a it's a confidence in the machine issue. Yeah. With me, I mean this this hobby, we, it, we throw these things at the ground. You know, I mean just constantly pick it up, throw it at the ground, pick it up, throw it at the ground. So it's going to crash at some point. I know I'm going to crash. I just run out there laughing and praying that it's just some blades or something. Yeah, I always want it to be just that. 
Well, it never really is. Or more likely, <laughs> please let the blades be okay. Please let the blades be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not no, the that, tip. For me, it's tail blades. Like, that, God, I hope I don't have to bite oh, tail blades no again. No kidding. It's, yeah, since they're a tenth the size and a third the cost of uh-huh. <laughs> main blades. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and af- so then after the crash, that brings up a good point, is running out there and seeing, oh, okay, kind of doing the, the initial assessment. So right when you... You know, now that you're at the field, the helicopter's crashed. You run out there, you grab it, get it all shut down. What's your next step? Do you immediately are are you guys doing diagnostic stuff right there at uh, the field on that helicopter? Is Do it a dum dum, or are we, or or was this a failure? Well, I guess on on a dumb thumb on a failure, I would think you're probably gonna try to replay and do a little oh, yeah. do a little diagnostic right there on the spot, but. You know, let's let's talk about your last crash. <laughs> My last, it, oh yes. Um, oh, I get what you're saying. Like, is you, it? Yeah, are you just throwing it in the trailer, or are you actually? Oh man, I see blades. I do. You start tearing it down. Do you start diagnosing stuff right at the field? Are you waiting? Is there certain things that you're going to check at the field? I don't. Batteries. Ch- ch- batteries. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I check at the field. If I if I crumple one up. Check the batteries, make sure they're not going to go on me, throw it in the trunk. I don't want to look at it for a little while. <laughs> Bad I'll get back to it. I, I, I used to do, I used to put it up on the bench and kind of do a, you know, like a undressing it with my eyes type diagnostic where you're just looking over at every little part, you know, kind of there. Now, yeah, I'm I'm all about that trunk thing now. Now it's like walk right back in, set it on the ground, kick it under the bench, mm-hmm. grab another one. I'll worry about it later. I don't. I know, Jesse, you're pretty, you get pretty analytical at the field, don't you? Uh, it For the dumb thumbs, it, it really kind of depends, depends. on how bad the crash? Yeah, I would say it definitely depends on the severity of the crash because if it's, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, basically walk out there to pick up the helicopter with a box, then <laughs> probably not too much diagnostic. But yeah, if it's something minor and you, I guess for me, it's like, could this potentially fly again? Like I had a lot of situations mm-hmm. with the warp where it's like, yep. you maybe, maybe you crash, you're doing that quick look. Maybe, you know, cause at, at first you walk out there, you see the blades are folded back, maybe some links popped loose and whatnot. And you're kind of thinking, okay, is it, I mean, I clearly drove it in, but, should I do a little bit more looking? Kind of just that initial assessment, right? Yeah, is it, is it going to fly again today or is it not sort of thing? Once I kind of determine, nope, this one's definitely uh, needs some repairs. And yeah, I don't, I don't put too much thought into it out at the field. A lot of that stuff comes back and because really to start diving into it and figuring out, you know, what's wrong? Did I bend a spindle? Did I bend a main? Did I bend a, you know, slightly tweak the tail boom? All that type of stuff. You're going to start pulling parts off the helicopter and, yeah, and see, I, I got no interest in that. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, none. I, unless it's, the extent of mine would be like uh, when I, oh, I did pull a bonehead. What did I do? Oh, I overshot an auto at, at Troy's place. Oh, yeah. And then forgot that I had just put, well, let's see, oh, I put the 160 back in there. Yep. So this this is a learning experience on my part. I don't remember if I talked about this or not on why I did. I put the a 160 back in my 700 competition on 710s 
because dummy over here didn't know that when the Hobby Wing ESC spools down for a second, shuts off, and then re-spools in the air, that's the overcurrent. That's its way of letting you know that you overcurrented it. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Definitely so gets your attention. It does get your attention. Now, it's, I'll be completely honest, since most of the time, overcurrents are kind of like instantaneous things. You know, they're very short, large spikes. I think it's genius. I think it's awesome because it didn't even come close to causing a crash. It was more of a, did it just shut down for a second? Kind of look around and be like, did anyone else just see that? Yeah, it's, it's on and off before you really even have a chance to respond to anything. Yeah, and the heli doesn't do anything different when it does it. You don't feel, you know, any control difference. So uh, I thought that I was having a problem, and this was at Snohomish, so I was just like, man, I got the time. Screw it. So I threw a 160 on there, put that back. But it was actually um, because I was flying it at a higher RPM than I had been previously and was having a fair amount of fun with it, too. Mm. And on that nice hot day, a fair amount of fun, 710s on a Goblin 700 competition on a 130 is a little too much. Yeah. Man. You found the limits. But I wonder. But Pat, anyway, what I was getting at with that whole story is that I went to shoot some autos out of Jesse's place, went to bail out at one, and I didn't set up. I forgot to set up the bailout, so I ended up thunking the seven hundred on the ground. Walked out there, looked at it, and all it had done is popped the link off, gave it a little jiggle, spooled it back up. <laughs> Continued the flight, all was well, but that's the extent of my field repair, pretty much. If the link popped off. <laughs> yep, that's it. Like, yeah. I guess I'll pop the link back. Up. Yeah, I suppose. I guess I I started doing autos with the 7HV, and uh, so I've broken two sets of skids, but no, nothing else on the helicopter, Not not blades, not anything else. And then I, I broke the skids last time, and then I did a whole nother pack of autos with the skid one skid broken. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go home with a charge pack. It didn't look too bad. Yeah, that's fair. It, it was. It just touched first, you know. It was just hanging down in one corner. Abby, right. yeah, it was just autos. They're addictive. I figured out they're fun. They are fun, huh? <laughs> Especially <laughs> on a seven hundred. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. freaking awesome all day long. Yep. I'm not sure how this has happened, but I have three goblins in my fleet. Buying the goblins, that was the hard part. Deciding what servos to run in them, well, that was easy. I would even go so far as to say a no-brainer. Makes no difference if you're a brushless or a cordless fan. BK servos can meet your needs. In my gasblins, I'm running BLS 8002 HVs, and in the new 570 Corliss DS 7002HVs. These servos provide exactly what I'm looking for, and you just can't beat the price and customer service. To find out more about these awesome servos, head on over to bkdesignsllc.com.
So the the next thing is, you know, not, once you get the helicopter back home, what is what's kind of your common routine for? Now you got the model in front of you. It do you do a full on go through everything? Are you checking spindle, main, tail output shaft, tail hub? Do you kind of filter that diagnostic based on well, it went in on the head, or I'm only seeing damage in this area, or do you? Pretty much go through the entire model since you figure, well, I'm, you know, it's on the bench and I'm going to be tearing it down anyways. I definitely filter it by how I saw the crash happen. If 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 I go out to the helicopter and I didn't see the tail touch the ground and I don't see dirt or something jammed into the tail, I don't even touch it. it, it unless I can see something is, if I got a broken tail blade, then it gets addressed. If nothing's broken on that visibly, I won't even touch it unless I swool up after other repairs and there's vibes or something. I am a, oh man. Yeah, I have my normal checks. I mean, this is, (laughs) so this is kind of bad. But as far as like tail stuff, I'm really bad about if it didn't break the tail blades, I don't check it. Hmm. Because yep. most of the time, if anything else is damaged, you've broken tail blades. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of like my curb feelers. Um, but if I do break them, then I I definitely check the, um, well, on a goblin, we have like the tail spindle, which would be the tail hub for everyone else. So check that, check the tail output shaft, and then I'll just check it the, the plastic links on the tail to make sure I don't have any cracks or anything like that. Yep. Um, same thing kind of in the head much any, I don't even like, I genuinely can't remember the last time I replaced a main shaft. So that's kind of bad because I really don't check it much anymore, but that's just cause I'm comfortable with the models and I know how they usually it's break. It's just going to shake a little. And you go well, fly it again. yeah, but I've never, you know, I've never bent a Goblin main shaft. Yeah, mm. My Goblin 500, I put that thing in several times, never built. I don't think I ever bent a shaft on that thing. No, no. And you know what? You're right. I've never a bent a feather. Yes. I have driven the tail in. But even then, it, the, I mean, the, the, those, I think helicopters in general these days, the shafts are getting to the point where they're pretty overbuilt. I mean, you just don't see a lot of bent no. shafts. No, for me, it's it. I went through a really bad thing with uh, with servo gears there for a while. Mm-hmm. That got real old real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, until you know, now I man, I gotta tell you, I can't say what you want if you if you love or do not love SAB. Their servo horns are the shit. Period. I have never once since I have gone to those, and I would tell every single person to run them. I have not broken a set of servo gears. They strip at the output shaft? No, they just shear off. Uh. They always shear off right in the middle of the, like the, the holes out on the, or actually yeah. they shear off in a weird diagonal way, kind of almost kind of down the a little bit down the length of the servo mm-hmm. arm 
Right, because there's holes. It's yeah. almost like perforated. Yeah, but it's it's awesome. Never once. And I've also, I mean, they're really stiff for plastic servo arms. Mm-hmm. Really stiff. Yeah. So I run the Seacraft, the Seacraft arms, the, the aluminum ones that bend in crashes before they take your gears. I've had good luck with them. And see, I, I guess I got, I tried a set, but they also had some different versions. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, but mm-hmm. they weren't like change colors or completely change the names or something else. But they, I remember them not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I actually bent a full set of them in the air. Wow. Yeah. I, I want to yeah. say, and maybe like I thought I was getting the new ones and I got a set of the old ones. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I rolled them over in the air. And ever since then, I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, I can understand that. Yeah, they've done well for me. I mean, I I don't know. I like them. Yeah, no, I I kind of follow along the same lines as you guys. I'd say I, even if I don't, and this is just from past experience, I think with Compass, I remember it happening. And then definitely with Synergy with the N7, I remember it happening. I have bent uh, spindle shafts on the tail without any visible damage to the tail blades. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it was just, you know, RPM was really low or some. That was a compass. You used to freaking fart wrong. The bend the tail shaft. Yeah, the old seven HV tail shafts definitely. But I've also done it on the N seven. Really? As well. Yep. Where the obviously because look at the tail blades. I'm still running. <laughs> oh, this is Maverick. He's got a set of Maverick one hundred fives that are like it won't die. They just will not <laughs> die. But I have oh, put man. spindle shaft. I have put uh tail the tail spindles on there and so so i i'll typically walk through spindle shaft and you know check the pull the tail blades off and do the the tail spindle and that type of stuff at every crash no matter what whether it looks like i damaged the tail or not just one less thing to uh, have to rework if i figure out the next you know after getting it all built and and flown that well there's still some vibes and then having to track that down so i just i just check that stuff right off the bat uh I'm just horrible about bearings. That's the only thing that at most things I'm pretty good about replacing if it needs replaced. But bearings, I I don't replace them until they present a a symptom I can I don't have to look for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I've got. Uh, I was just sitting here thinking about it. Here's my main shaft check. I used to do the whole pull it all the way out, roll it on the glass, you know, get a glass table or whatever. Mm-hmm. My my new lazy man main shaft check is I'll take the mains off and tails obviously because you're you're mm-hmm. sitting there working on it. Usually at this point I'm replacing the boom because I just drove it in, but I want to do a quick check on the main shaft. Just spool it up mm-hmm. really yep. slow You'll at see. like mid or high stick, and watch where your um. Swash! Wow, wow, I'm having a total brain fart on all the names of parts here. So you're, <laughs> I mean, the anti rotation guide. Thank you. There you go. Uh, mm-hmm. Your anti rotation guide, where that pin goes through there. Mm-hmm. Watch that from the side. And what you can do if the main shaft's bent, you will actually see that pin go in and out, in and out, in and out, just a little bit. 
That's a good point. It's like the easiest, and especially if you do it at at high stick, um, because mm-hmm. now the swash is all the way up at the highest point, which would be the farthest away from that upper bearing, yep. which in theory would give you the most movement. Most displacement, yeah. Yeah, big time. And just let it spool up. And like it's it's easy enough to see that you don't even need to make it all the way through your soft start. Yeah. It, it's it's yeah, like actually the almost the slower the the better. And then hit throttle hold and let it slowly start to spool back down again. Don't bother if it's all the way spooled up. That's not gonna tell you tell you nothing. But and you can also check, you know, I've seen some Oh, back in the day, speaking of Gowie X5s and weird-ass parts, I've seen them have entire swash balls incorrect, like mismachined with the inner and the outer. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, like the whole swash would shimmy and move. <laughs> like it, it was crazy. It, it really was. It was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. The whole swash was like toilet bowling, but the main mm-hmm. shaft was straight. That was a tough vibration to find. Yeah. So an- another thing that y- you kind of mentioned checking the main shaft and it, so, you know, very little disassembly required to really see if that main shaft is straight. Is there any other tips and tricks as far as, I mean, I think we all know the, you know, pull the blades off and do check the spindle shaft by turning, you know, this one of the screws and watching the blade, watching the, the blade grips and seeing if they move and you can check the, Tail spindle in a similar way. Pull the tail blades off. Well, make sure tell people exactly how, because there might be some new okay. people that don't know how. Yeah. So for for checking the spindle and the head, what I typically will do is pull the blades off, leave the bait the blade bolts out, and then I'll even unclip or undisconnect the ball links going up to the blade grips. And then the easiest way I've found for me to see if there's any movement at all is to flip one of the blade grips over just you know rotate it around 180 degrees so both of the grip arms the arm section of the of the grip is resting on the other grip and then what you do is take your driver and throw it in the spindle bolt and just turn it and then watch those blade grips really closely and see if they move with respect to each other and if they do then you probably have a slight bend in the spindle shaft and if not then you're good to go and then similar procedure for the tail spindle. Pull the tail blades off. And I'll, in that case, I'll usually take the spindle off the tail output shaft. And then same thing, just put the grip arms together and turn that spindle and see if those grip arms shimmy a little bit with respect to each other. So kind of a quick, easy way to check both of those, the, the tail spindle and then the spindle shaft in the head. Mm-hmm. Any other Maybe not so common parts that you can check with, you know, kind of easy minimal disassembly. I'm just trying to think if. Well, there's... I would also one that almost that that has bit me before, and I know it's bit a ton of people. Um, check your swash level after a crash. Mm-hmm. That's a big red flag. If mm-hmm. um, just throw a swash leveler on there, however you want to do it. If it's off immediately pull all of your servo horns off mm-hmm. and check the splines on the inside. Not a stripped one. Yep, because I have seen them strip and, like, maybe skip two or three teeth, and 
it looks all good enough and you put it up into a hover and it's fine and then one big pitch pump and then it's all over. You're like, what just happened? Justin, had, do you remember? Oh, I do. That what? It was the uh, Furion. Yep. The one flight maiden crash never flew again. <laughs> yep. I do remember that. Bought it used. Yep. Looked it all over, put it into a hover, and it just did a little pitch pump, and it just went forward elevator, drove straight into the ground. He never flew it again. Oh, man. It's cursed. Yep. Um, Let's see. I don't know. Let's see. I got to think about this for a second. Oddball stuff. Um, I still take my, like, for, for this last crash with the Protos, it was one of those where... Just looking at it on the bench, it was like, ah, is the tail boom slightly tweaked? Is it, I don't know, it's just, it's something that I wanted to check, but I couldn't visually 100% confirm that it was, so I will still pull the tail boom out. It's pretty easy on built on that helicopter. Just I'll usually already have the head off and the main gear out, and so just slide the belt out, tail boom out, and, and I'll still roll it on the table. Yeah, the I tail agree. Boom. Tail boom is one that, and usually, since it's so long, it it's usually pretty, you know, really easy to tell if it's bent a little bit or not. So that one I'll still do in a pretty mechanical, take it apart and roll it on something flat. Um, let's see. Really check, I would say, uh, inspect your main gears very well. All of the gears very well. Like, go, you know... Kind of prop the heli up with the blades off where you can, you know, if you need to get a flashlight or whatever and just slowly roll everything mm-hmm. over at a time. Because I've definitely had, you know, especially back in the torque tube days where it might take a chunk out of literally only one tooth. And you, it seems like I would miss that and I'd get it all back together and I'd go to fly it and then it'd sound funny and I'd set it back down and then it's like, Dude, I just had this all apart. I mean, really? <laughs> um, so that one's bit me more than once. Yeah, pig- piggybacking off of that one, with the Protos, with one of those first kind of shutdown crashes that I had, I actually stretched, uh, I'm going to say stretched, the belt, the drive belt for the main gear that goes around the motor pinion. It got like a weird little thin spot um, in it that I didn't notice until I went to fly the helicopter again. And it kind of made a ticking noise as it was spooling up. So took it all apart and was running my you know, running the belt through my fingers and just felt one little kind of off spot where I'm guessing uh, when the helicopter crashed and the head came to a sudden stop, it put a little blemish or a, a weird spot in the belt. So it can still happen even with belts. And belt teeth, got to look out for them, too, depending on what you're flying. I think it goes along with teeth in general. Yeah. Don't just take a glance at it and, you know what I mean, go over every single tooth. It, it mm-hmm. I know it takes a little bit of time, but there's nothing worse than, like, missing it in your parts order. So, that pisses me off. Oh, yeah. Oh. Sage, have you had it with the, uh, with the 7HV where, like, the tail belt has stripped out the rear tail pulley. Um, it hasn't done it to me yet, but I was doing some stuff where I was getting heavy on the tail, 
trying to reverse some stuff and mm-hmm. I was using the KVD D yep. tail blades and I was it, I could hear it skipping and so I just immediately put compass carbons on it and I haven't yep. had that issue at all. Yeah, that's the tail belt wear, wearing down the plastic yep. pulley, not yep. vice and versa. So, it's on that one it was cuz you think it's you're going to, you know, rip the teeth out of the belt, but you actually wear down the gear. Yeah, that that tail. I kind of wish they would make that out of a CNC Delrin or something because it needs to be a little tougher. But I I need to replace mine at this point. I think I definitely wore it down some, but it's holding good right now. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is about Nick. I can see why you might not go fly this weekend after this conversation. Uh you know, I've done. <laughs> I'll tell you, okay, oh, I forgot about this. This is totally random. Well, I'm going to tell you guys the story, because we all need to laugh, all right? And Jesse, I don't think we talked, I know you know about this, but I don't think we talked about it on the show. Or did we? The piston thing? I have no idea. Oh, uh, I'm not sure if you brought that up on oh, the Oh, no, show or we not. did. Never mind. Yep. Er, never mind. We did. Here I am trying to throw myself under the bus twice for the same problem. Oh, we'll let you. Yeah, no. <laughs> Just don't do stupid Cracking stuff. Cracking the piston skirt, right? Yeah, right yeah. Right tool for the right job. Yeah, with your handy little uh, toothbrush. My toothbrush, dude. Don't knock on my toothbrush. You know, they make a tool for that. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> the operator here. Operator. Yeah, so that, that would be one of those like self-inflicted uh, crash damage parts You know, that wasn't actually from the crash. That was a result of you trying to repair the crash. Yeah, about that. What's the, uh, make you guys think a little bit on this one. What's the weirdest part that you've broke in a crash? Um, the hardest thing to, for this was the hardest thing to diagnose too. It took me forever to figure this out. Okay, Jesse, in the warp, the top mm-hmm. bearing block, I bent it. It was causing my main gear to rub on the opening in the frame. Main shaft was perfectly straight. It, everything was perfectly straight except for that one bearing block, and it was tweaked at like a one-degree angle. It was almost imperceptible, and it yeah, it took me forever to find it, figure out what it was, and and fix it. Dude, I have no idea. Like the the one that comes to my mind immediately is on the the uh, N seven. I'm not even sure what you'd call this part. It's the so it's at the the back of the helicopter, and it's what you bolt the sides of the tail case to, like that aluminum piece that slides over the boom, and then you pin it to the boom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't know what you would necessarily call that piece, but typically there's a lot of support on there because you got the the two sides of the tail case that go into that part, and then typically you'll have like your braces or you know your spacers that go on the back side of the pulley. And then you also have the the tail output shaft and all that stuff stuffed in there. Well, I bent that piece that slides over the tail boom somehow. Wow! Because you would think it's all boxed in there with the the frame with the spacer and both halves of the tail case being bolted to it, but no, yeah. I I bent it, so I I had to replace that part. <laughs> That's hmm. a weird one. I have uh, I. Uh, man, I don't remember the heli. I want to say that maybe it was like the original N5 or uh, something like that. But I actually bent the head block in a crash. 
like mm. the the whole I, I it <laughs> it yeah it was pretty cool it it didn't break the Jesus oh no that's what it was now I remember why I replaced it the Jesus bolt sheared mm-hmm. but not flush and then everything still kept spinning because I didn't get throttle hold. So it didn't strip the main gear. It it broke the Jesus bolt in the head, but then it was like like that, and the little bits of Jesus bolt that were sticking out of the main shaft was like a freaking Dremel tool inside the head block. Destroyed your head. And it, oh my gosh! Like it looked fine from the outside, and then once I finally beat it off with a hammer. Like it was, you could just, you could almost like hover above the helicopter and drop the head block and it would land on the main shaft. It was so bad. It was really bad. Yeah, that that was a weird one. That one sucked. I've also broken, uh, you know, the, the E700, I did this twice, broke the, the plastic front like tail boom mount boom block. Hmm. It would just, it would crack like this yeah. huge mm-hmm. spider crack that would go up. Materials problem, probably. Yeah, but it, I mean, it was always after a crash. Well, yeah. But, but it, it's just, it was like, wow, that's so weird. I've never, yeah. like all the T-Rexes in all those years and all those nasty ass crashes, and I'd never broken one once, and I broke two of them in the E700. Huh, weird. And then kind of the last thing I I had was, do you guys rush right to the repair, let it sit on the bench, work on it right away, kind of get your part, parts list together, you know, pl- place the parts order and then slam it back together once those all show up? Or what's, what's your guys' approach for getting the helicopter back in the air and the time frame on that? Well, you know, yeah, how's normally- that nitro, Nick? <laughs> I'm going to order the ring tomorrow now that you say that. Um it's it it is 100% directly related to my mental state about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They go hand in hand. I was going to say or to the number of helis you have. Yes. Yep, exactly. Number of operational helicopters yep. and um, is there a fun fly coming up? Is there an event coming up where I like I need to have an operational helicopter or not? Yeah, in the winter one. time, if I drive one in in October, I might not fix it till February, just for where I live and I don't fly too much during the winter. Oh, I couldn't go that long, but like yeah, you know I I I did break the piston skirt and I haven't ordered a piston yet, but yeah. I've got. You know, I, I also a little bit different because I've got, you know, three or four helis sitting there waiting, just ready to be flown. So, yeah, that's fair. generally, though, I give it a couple days. I'll I'll spend before a, you tear into it. Yeah, before I tear into it. Gotcha. Yeah, I would say I'm about I'm usually within a week. It's torn down, diagnosed, got the parts list. And then typically within a couple days after the parts get there. So usually get get on it pretty quick, but then again, you know, I, I only have two heli fleet right now, so both seven hundred. But it's also proportionate to how close I am to the weekend, because 
if I'm going to be ready to fly by the next weekend and I can order parts and get those parts, I'm good. If I crash on like a Thursday, I might not even care to get around to it till Monday because I can't get parts to fly by the weekend anyway. That's actually, yeah, yeah, that's a totally legit point. Fair. Yeah, and I think that's why, like, why the why the nitro ended up taking so much time for me it was because it was like oh i gotta get all these parts to get it fixed then we go to a fun fly and crap they didn't make it Mm -hmm. and then so it was kind of like when i came back from a fun fly then they were here then i finally got a little bit of motivation to work on it and then i broke it when i was working on it it was like yeah nah (laughs) you just really didn't make it high on my priority list Everyone knows that I am not fond of changing things up. Something's working for me, I stick with it. Recently, I decided to try a new Revelectrix PowerLab 8. And as you'll hear the guys on the show say from time to time, you just don't know what you don't know. The PL8 is a powerhouse, and if that isn't enough for you, well, why don't you check out the Dual PowerLab 8? Now, the coolness doesn't end there. You want to get even more sexy? Go get your bump on Bump charging is the future. Don't believe me? Well, then you know nothing, John Listener. Find out more information at www.revelectrics.com. Cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's about pretty good. Good discussion. Sage, I got to say, thanks, bud, for coming and hanging out. Hey, anytime. I had a blast. This is great fun. It's, uh, he's a fellow Northwesterner, so he knows our pain with the weather and the winter and the and the rain. Yeah, uh, yours isn't as that bad skies. for the rain, is it? Um, not for the rain, but our we get the winter. We get winter worse because I'm up. I'm what at thirty five hundred feet. Oh, okay. It's yeah. not a little higher than that, I think. Yeah. So we get a bad winter, but we've had, hey, it's been nice this year so far. Yes. Can't complain. It has been a a very good summer. Looking forward to the rest of the summer for the events. I didn't make it to anything in the first half, so I'm hitting George's event, hitting you guys, going to Brett's event. It'll be be good. Nice. Finished off strong. Heck yeah. Cool. Well, Dan, since we know you're listening, we, we hope you feel better. Justin. Best of luck, my God! Can you believe he actually got the Diablo together? That yeah, crazy, that cursed damn helicopter. <laughs> well, he's and he said it was it was flying great and it's lighter. So it, with the fuselage, he didn't order, and <laughs> the parts that they forgot and everything else, um, it's back up and running. The R five is down. The R yeah. five, and I'm going to tell everyone because he did put up the final conclusion um, on our Facebook page. He actually gave away a hat, I believe, to the person who guessed by looking at the crash parts. Uh-huh. So apparently <laughs> spinning 611 millimeter blades at 3500 is right about that point in which they fail. Because he actually chucked a tip. So he lost about a two-inch section. Wow. 
off the end of one of the blades. It was after a run. He went mid-stick, pulled up on the elevator, and just started into the reverse half-cuban, and I guess it sounded like an absolute shotgun went off. Just boom! And it accordioned the blade. Like, actually, boom, 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 boom. Folded it all the way back from the shockwave, and then it just fell from about 200 feet with zero head speed. So the R5 is a rekit. That's how good it is. <laughs> Call that one the R6. Yeah, I talked to him for a bit, and he's, you know, he's like, you know, that's one of those things. Like, that is what, that's the price that you pay for pushing it that hard. Especially like when most of the team guys are running them at three thousand. <laughs> Here's freaking Poochie down here, like, ah, we'll spin it till she blows. Well, BDP. Yeah, now you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, big dude player. That's right. Wonder how much he backs it off. Maybe like five ten RPMs. Knowing him, I bet you it'll. Yeah, it'll be like a hundred. Yeah, no, no, it's just find different blades. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's it. The blades failed, not the helicopter. Oh yeah. So that that one's out, but he's got. Um, he has the Diablo. Is good to go for competition. The TDR two and the Goblin, little Goblin five hundred three blade. Cool. Yeah, good luck. So, and I think he's gonna he's gonna do them in all classes. So, yeah, best of wishes. Uh, let's see. Let's get on out of here. So. Um, if you guys had any questions about citizen cards or the store. You want to contact Ken at rchelination.com. Jesse, if we needed to get in touch with you, how would we do that? You could send me an email to jesse at rchelination.com or catch me on Facebook. If you want to get in touch with Dan, you would send an email to dan at rchelination.com or Dan can read on most of the forums. Justin is justin at rchelination.com or Justin Pucci on Facebook. I am Nick at RCHelination.com or Nicklin, R-C-H-N, on Facebook, or sometimes I'm around HeliFreak. Um, we want to take a second and say thank you again to the staff over at HeliFreak. Our, our little group we got going on over there is just rocking. It's a great place to ask questions, talk about the show, anything you hear on the show. Thank you, everyone uh, who is contributing to the news. It makes our life awesome that you guys are doing that. It it just we really appreciate it. It's awesome. I feel like we're I just feel like the last six months we have we've got into such a really uh, uh, just a nice groove. Everything's efficient. And I know that the listeners don't see that. But on the back end, I got to tell you guys, that is what will help us keep doing this show as long as we have air in our lungs, because it allows us to have a little bit of a personal life as well. And it keeps us fresh in the hobby, keeps us having fun and, uh, and just kind of living the dream and we love it. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Dude, man, Larry, our website is still just rocking. It is so nice not to be getting constant emails with problems. He's been doing a great job keeping that up and running. So if you haven't, Go over there, check that out. Don't forget, we um, 
I think we have four or five, I can't remember, episodes of Digging In still available uh, if you want to dig into some more technical topics. And the tech tip section over on the website, we've kind of been slacking lately. Jesse, you're due for one. So am I, for that matter. Yeah, for sure. Uh, See if we can throw together. Yep. Once It's hard for us to do tech tips in the summer because we're actually allowed flying like you guys. Uh, once winter rolls in, we will we'll hit those up and start cranking them out a little bit more. Well, let's see. Am I missing anything? Oh, don't forget, if you are coming to the best fun fly in the United States, and yes, that's ours. Sorry. <laughs> Going to go ahead and make that claim. Don't forget to pre-register. You can do that on RC Flight Deck. Uh, just search for RC Heli Nation or RCHN4. It is shaping up to be awesome. I know a lot of the guys Justin's going to talk about, Pilot Count at Urcha. There have been a lot of fun flights that are going down, and yet we are going up. We like that. It's a good just, feeling. It's a good feeling. Just kind of how we roll. We're going to have a ton of fun. We've got the uh, the speed cup there, so if you wanted to try speed, we're going to be doing that. Um, let's see. <laughs> uh, we are going to be, I'm going to be doing the same thing like I did last year. We actually have a guy named Mark. I cannot say thank you uh, enough that is going to be helping with uh, video which pulls a lot of pressure off of me. We've just got a really cool team of guys that are helping out on the back end. What that means is it's going to free up us, the four of us. Um, so we're going to be getting involved with the pilots a little bit more. Um, SAB was um, kind enough to support me and uh, Mikado USA and helping you guys. So we did the buddy boxing thing last year. If anyone would like to uh, like to try out the buddy box or... Um, you know, Jesse, I know you and I did that with the V control and um, I've got my fleet of helis. I don't care if you want to fly one, let's go for it. We'll put you up on the buddy box. We've got the radios. We've got the helis to give them a shot. That worked out really good. I'd love to do that more uh, this year. It's just going to be a lot of fun. Bottle knock. Oh man. Bottle knock 60, uh, 30 or 60. Are we doing s- Jesse? Uh, I don't remember 30, 30 second hover. Yeah. The bottle knock, our rotation contest. What am I missing? Is that it? I think that's only three competitions yep. we're doing this year. Those three and the speed cup. speed cup. We will more than likely be doing the same thing we did last year for night flying, which um, for those of you who haven't attended, we do it a little bit different. We actually like everyone to participate, not just the guys that fly at the top level. So what we did... On an honor system, every time you went out and flew, you came back to the trailer, you got a ticket. So that means the more flights you put on at night, the more tickets you got. Those tickets went into a separate drawing for a separate prize, which uh, was awesome. What yeah, and it was a good prize. I think, wasn't it a kit? Goblin 500. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Well, last I mean, year, we was... gave away a Goblin 500 kit just for flying at night. Like, that didn't count. The R5 that got given away uh, for the Speed Cup. That didn't count any of the pilot's prizes or the competition prizes or anything like that. So if you guys are kind of like maybe down that you didn't go to Urcha or you're listening to this after you got home from Urcha and we're like, hmm, just didn't quite scratch that itch, do it. 
make it happen. Uh, we've got a page up on our website with all the information for the fun fly. And if you have any questions, please ask us. Jesse, would you do us the honors? Indeed. This has been episode 243. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this show as much as we enjoyed making it. We will talk to you guys next week. All well and good till you check a blade and read. Thanks for having me today. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by BK Designs, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, Superiority, and MSH USA. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.